0: Welcome to the Sky to Softball Podcast. Your host, Matt Scott, will be interviewing players from past events and future events. And now, your host, Matt Scott. This episode, we just want to thank some of the Sky to Softball sponsors. K-Town Cafe and Ice Cream, located in Kershaw, South Carolina. The 521 Filling Station, also right here in Kershaw, South Carolina. Coach Billiard's Pool Hall, Plexus Health, Lynch's River Co-Op. Trey Cook Law, Bob Cook Law, Blackman Brothers Insurance Group, and we once again thank those who have supported the Sky to Softball game as the 2021 Sky to Softball game raised over $10,000, which helps a lot of kids go to Camp Sweet Escape in the coming summer. So sit back and enjoy this episode of the Sky to Softball podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for another episode of the Scottish Softball Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Scott. And on this episode, we are talking with former South Carolina Gamecock pitcher, current pitcher in the Miami Marlins organization, and 2018 Scottish Softball participant, Cody Mincy. Cody, how are we doing, man?
1: Doing pretty good, man. Appreciate you having me on. How's everything going your way? Everything's good.
0: And, you know, like I told you, glad to have you on kind of kind of a little overdue because I know it's been a minute since we last spoke in person. But, hey, here we go. Yes, sir. So, Cody, one of the first things I usually just kind of just get for the listeners at home to get to know you, who was your favorite player and team growing up? Um, I probably had to say Randy Johnson. The big unit. Oh, He was. Him and Sheeling back in Arizona, they were
1: such a filthy duo. Yeah, man, growing up, um, obviously I was a big Braves fan, um, but my grandfather was also a big fan of, uh, of Randy Johnson as well. So um, when I get the opportunity to watch him, um, or it may have been my brother. Um, but anyway, you know, whenever I got a chance to watch Randy Johnson, I always stayed pretty glued to the TV. So um, yeah, I think- I'd say Randy Johnson for sure. You know, he was
0: Randy Johnson was also one of those guys. I don't know if you remember the old uh, backyard baseball computer game or whatever. Oh, yeah. He was always my pitcher.
1: Oh, 100%. Had, had to go with Randy as a, as, as a pitcher and, and Pete Pablo as the, as the uh, three-hole.
0: Pablo Sanchez, forever backyard baseball legend. That's right. So, Cody, one of the other things too, I usually ask people who come on the show is their
1: recruitment,
0: you know their experience with recruiting, you know what was that like for you? because if I'm not mistaken, you went from a smaller college to South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. yeah, you're right. And um, what's your and to follow up? what's your advice to those who might be starting that process?
1: Um you know, for me, starting out in high school, I, I wasn't highly recruited. Um, I think uh, the only school I really spoke to that was other than Spartanburg Methodist was Coker College and College of Charleston. Um, I did get to go down and experience uh, a visit at College of Charleston, which was, you know, it was it was an awesome experience. Um, so that kind of it kind of opened the, the doors to what it was like to go down there and, and visit a, a, a school like that. Um, and then obviously I went to SMC. It was a little bit more laid back. Obviously um, I kind of knew what I was getting since my brother went to school there and then going to Carolina, obviously school that I, you know, dreamed about going to as a, as a younger, you know, baseball player. Um, it was, it was a fun experience. Um, I ended up having Grayson Griner and Joey Pancake um, show me around, which I ended up being um, pretty good friends with them whenever I ended up getting to the university. So yeah, um, as far as advice goes, um, I think the big thing for me going back would be, you know, kind of trying to find a school that fits for me um, and not so much. You know, all the kids now are so big on going to Division One, and, and, you know, it's either D1 or, or quit. And obviously, like you said, I went to a smaller school before, um, ended up having to take the JUCO route. But for me, it was beneficial because, um, you know, I got a little bit of time to develop and to, um, to kind of to tone in on my craft, which I think was, you know, the biggest thing. Um, and then obviously the academic side of things, you know, you got smaller classrooms, you, you have to go to class. Um, there's, you know, obviously GPA requirements everywhere. Um, but, you know, in order to get into a division one, I can't remember what the the requirement is now, but I obviously had to stay on top of my academics. Um, But, yeah, going back to, to, you know, the recruiting side of things, I think just finding a school that fits you. um, And, again, leaving, you know, the kind of outside sources um, out of it. Don't let them kind of, you know, make a decision for you. Um, But, yeah, that would be the biggest thing is finding – a coaching staff in a school where you feel comfortable and that you think you'll get your reps in. Um, yeah, obviously, you get your education too. That's the, the most important part.
0: Talk about how Grinder and Pancake showed you around at South Carolina. Well, well, talk just kind of look back at your time at South Carolina. What were some things that I guess you say memories that stood out to you during your time there?
1: Um. Obviously, I had a lot of I had a lot of great teammates, um, a lot of great memories. You know, South Carolina is a is a big school, so i met a lot of a lot of great people along my way. Um, but honestly, man, like you know, you think I think back and I think about all the you know the great times on the baseball field. Um, but I can't help but think about the times outside of the baseball field with a lot of those guys as well. Um, not only baseball players, but you know the other people that I met throughout the university. Um, and even my time at, you know, at SMC, uh, th- I think, you know, the older you get, the more you realize that, you know, the, the game's fun and all, but the memories and the friendships you make along the way and the life lessons, that's kind of, that's what it's really all about. Um, and once you kind of figure that out and you kind of, you know, it kind of hits you, um, kind of understand the game's a lot bigger than what, than what we really make it out to be. Um. Right. Big. Yeah,
0: it's and it's. You probably can agree with me. It's like that. uh The, the quote, "Money ball." We're all told at an age, as far as when, when we stop laying and things such as that. You know, yeah. but, but that's one thing I always try to tell anybody that asks me. I'm like, hey, just just enjoy the
1: ride. You know, you never know. Yeah, what I, you know especially especially. You know, when you're when you're coming up and if, if you have these bigger schools that are talking to you obviously it makes you as a as a younger athlete it makes you super anxious to kind of to get the process rolling and and you know to kind of get your feet in the door but it's like you said man at the same time you know I was always looking ahead at the next step you know what's what's the next so I got the JUCO it was obviously obviously um <clears throat> excuse me it was you know all right now now it's division one and you know, when I got to D one, it was, you know, okay, now it's Pro Ball. Um I was and you get the Pro Ball and then it's obviously, you know, big league. So it's all you're always looking ahead. Um, and not always enjoying um, you know, the, the smaller things and, and the things that you look back on that you appreciate the most. But uh yeah, like I said, it kinda it hits you when you get a little bit older and you kind of you realize it and you, you learn to appreciate the game and and the friendships and the memories a whole lot more than than what you did prior. That's uh, Kind of i up
0: made up, you know, the high school level and just looking back on it, I wouldn't change a moment. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, man. Like, I mean, my my best friends are from the game of baseball. Um, don't get me wrong; I have friends that I've met outside of baseball, but the guys that I speak to every day and 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 again, some of my you know, fondest memories have, have come from playing the game of baseball um, or making memories outside of the game of baseball with guys that I've met through the game. Um, so it's like you said, you, you, you don't always understand that in the beginning. Um, and then seeing that when you get older, it uh, like I said, it makes the game mean a little bit more to you.
0: Yeah. And so one of the other things I just kind of want to pick your brain about is uh, you played for Coach Chad Holbrook at South Carolina. What was it like playing for Holbrook?
1: Um it was good. Um obviously, you know, we went through a little rough patch there. Um but you know we you know we we worked hard, you know, worked hard every day and and showed up to the park and and obviously had a good time still. Um but you know he he expects he expects you to take care of business on and off the field just like any other coach and um you know obviously he cares about he cares about you as a person just as much as he does as you as a player um, so I you know I appreciated him as a coach and in my time there.
0: know, during your time in South Carolina, this I, I usually kind of pick some of the other guys' brain about this. Is what was. Your favorite place to play at on the road while at South Carolina? Definitely Clemson.
1: Really? Yes. Is it because of the rivalry or? Um, it's it's. I mean, it's it's a different it's a different feeling. Uh, don't get me wrong. Going to, you know, going to Florida and going to Arkansas and going to all these other big time schools. There is, it's awesome. Like you know, playing Tennessee. Um, playing Ole Miss, it's all, it's all fun. But obviously, like I said, I I grew up a Gamecock fan. Um, so I grew up, you know, you you know how the rivalry goes and when you get there, there's a different, it's a different feeling. And I think anyone who played at Carolina, who, you know, grew up a Gamecock fan will agree with me. There's something, there's something different about playing there. Um, especially in the state of South Carolina, Um, but yeah, I would I would say Clemson.
0: So, was there ever a any any player that came to mind that just seemed to be a tough guy to get out?
1: I mean, in the rivalry like that, man. Everyone, you have to watch out for everybody, one through nine. It's not, it's, yeah. and especially when you get at that level, it's not like uh, the other levels. Um, Where you know you get through one through five, and you can kind of, you know, ease up a little bit. You know, especially in a robbery like that, you you have to watch out for everybody. So I wouldn't really say you know one person um, that come to mind, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun.
0: Was there anybody outside of Clemson that you know just just seemed to? I guess you say seem to to have. Y'all's number whenever he to, came up to the plate. Anybody?
1: Um, let me think about that for a second. We I'm trying to think of AJ Reed, Kentucky. AJ Reed from Kentucky. Yeah. He um if I had to think about one, one player, whenever I was there, that was super dominant, I would probably say him, um, from stepping on the mound to, to getting in the box. He was a he was a, he's a, he's a different guy than most. Um, and he could, he could hurt you, you know, like I said, on the mound or either hitting the guy was just, you know, he, you, if you made a mistake, he was going to, he was going to make you pay. Um, whether that was hitting or pitching. Um, and, you know, super competitive, obviously, you know, and that's something that I, I respect a lot out of players. Guys um, that you can see the passion coming out. And he was, he was one of those, um, so I'd say AJ Reed. Yeah,
0: I mean, for some reason, I know the name sounded familiar because I think he had like a little brief sent through a uh, White Sox organization in
1: Charlotte. But uh, yeah, he, um, I just remember sitting. I remember sitting in. Um, I remember sitting in the. I think it was the SEC. No, not SEC tournament. Maybe we were in Vanderbilt. Anyway, I remember sitting in a hotel, and I think I was sitting with Bryson Seller And I remember AJ Reed. He had just got done pitching, and he come in to. To hit, it was a situ some kind of situation like that. And I remember they were down by two runs, runner on first and second. AJ Reed come in and he hit one over the batter's eye, dead center, and that kind of solidified that to me um, watching him play college baseball.
0: Yeah, he, he always, you know, just kind of looking back at his time, at college, he definitely had the power. Like you said, hitting him over the batter's eye, great day of life
1: you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not just hitting it off the batter's eyes. When you watch the guys swing the bat, and um, it was it was unbelievable.
0: One of the other things I just kind of want to pick your brain about, you know, we talk about your time in South Carolina. Now, I mean, you've known personally that you played winter winter ball down in the Dominican Republic. I think that's where you were recently, right?
1: Um, I started out in Dominican and ended up uh ending the season in Venezuela. Okay, so just the question being is, what was it like just
0: playing, you know, in those two countries? Because I've heard it's basically like that, and I've learned this baseball is basically a religion down there in both countries.
1: Most, most, what well, I mean, basically anywhere in Latin America, they they um. I've spent, I've spent the last three years of winter ball basically down there playing, um, between Mexico, Colombia, Dominican, Venezuela and Australia. Um, they, it's, it's a different, it's a different way of going about the game. Um, which I think kind of helped me open my eyes the way I was kind of, you know, the way I went about my business. Um, But, yeah, it's a a lifestyle. It's, it's, you know, you kind of, if you choose to play baseball, you know, just like we wake up every day and we go to school, um, that's what a lot of those guys go and do.
0: Yeah, and so just kind of, I guess guess the question being is just talking and comparing between, you know, South Carolina, the SEC atmosphere, as far as fans go and the fan atmosphere down, you know, such as the Dominican Republic, you know, Colombia, Venezuela. Just what was that like, just experiencing, like, just seeing the fans?
1: I I put it to you like this, 5,000 Latin American fans compared to 15,000 South Carolina Gamecock fans. Obviously, depending on the situation, if Clemson's in the, you know, we're playing Clemson, it's, it's a different scenario. But those five thousand Latin American fans are going to be louder than ten to fifteen Americans. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's one reason why I love playing down there so much, man. Is the fans are they're unbelievable. They, are so passionate about the team that they that they pull for, and um, I mean even the players. If if you if you if you Latin American baseball, you'll you'll see. Um, a different, different type of passion for the game. Um, it's a lot more loose. It's a lot more free. Again, there's both sides of it. I respect both sides.
0: Right. Um,
1: but, you know, it's, it's a good time, and especially for an American um, to go down there and they experience, you know, that culture and, and the way they play the game. Um, it's been beneficial for me, definitely. I,
0: just, I mean, I guess you say this is all off, off uh, filter. What was it like just experiencing the cultures down there?
1: Every one of them's different, but the same at the same time. If that makes sense. You know, there's all, all of them have different little, you know, it's just, it's like their language. The language is the same, but they also, there's different, you know, terminology and different words that mean different things. So it's like, you know, Mexico is different than, than the Dominican and Dominican is different than Venezuela. Um, and the same goes with, you know, Colombia. but, um, every time I've went down there for the most part, man, I've been, I've been, you know, treated, treated great. And the, the fans and the, and the front office and, and the teammates that I've been able to form relationship with, um, it's, like, it's kind of like I said before it, it, it makes you understand the games a little bit bigger than than what we think of it but you know it's um, again their lifestyles different and it kind of it kind of helps you as an American kind of understand how to put so much value into some of the things that we do um, it makes you a better person if you'll go down there with an open mind um, and kind of see the way you know they approach life and Um, materialistic items aren't as important there. So, um, again, it just, it lets you know, man, you can, you don't need all this fancy stuff to kind of, to go out and make it happen. And those guys prove that every single day. Um, so that's, I mean, again, if you look at it that way, I think that playing Latin America has been, it's been awesome for me and, and a, a life changing experience. blessing in the sky sort of thing. Most definitely. I would, I would say that for sure. Um, like I said, I mean, I just, I talked to a guy named Jose Brazuela that I played with in Colombia. Obviously I've been playing against him for years. Didn't really know each other except from the competitive side of, of baseball. Um, but, I mean, I, I taught with 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 Breezy, you know, a good bit. And same thing with my pitching coach from Columbia. Um, but, you know, it's, those relationships, I, I, they'll last forever. It's, um, you know, I don't think it's hard to, you know, to recognize a good person um, like them, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: So, one of the other things that's kind of one of I guess you can say we're coming around the home stretch. Here is, you know, As I mentioned earlier, Cody came along in 2018 at our fifth at the fifth annual event. Uh, I know we try to get you. I know I try to get you beforehand, but in 2018, do you do you recall any any bits of when we interacted?
1: And in, I do, you? man. It was from the moment that we got there. I think you did a really good job at keeping everyone informed of what was going on, and making most of the most of the event, from the players' side of things to the fans' side of things. Um, you know, getting getting people involved and and staying consistent with this thing is something that I think everyone that has been involved respects out of you um, for the for the for the most part. You've, uh, you've obviously continued to grow this thing. Um, that's, that was the biggest thing that, you know, obviously stay, I stay in touch with you and we communicate through social media. Um, but it, it, I, it's, it's great what you're doing. And I think, you know, the more people we can get involved, uh, the bigger this thing can get.
0: It's definitely mind-blowing enough to, you know, continue to grow over the last few years. Especially because I remember I me and you talked about, it, you know, the 2021 event raised over $10,000, which blew every other year out of the water as far as, you know, the most, that's like the most money we've ever raised, things such as that. But, you know, it's, it's always, you know, you talk about trying to keep everybody informed as far as the players and those who come out to watch. It, pe- people listening to this know I try to make it, a fun event for both sides of the spectrum. Perfect. You know, whether it's the, the meet and greets to, I know in 2018, we did the the little question and answer session.
1: Um, I think and it kind of goes back to you just, you're being consistent with, with what you're trying to accomplish here. Yeah. Um, obviously, I respect that. And I, I know everyone else that, that has been involved does as well
0: um yeah and i I appreciate it you know just and just talk just talk talk about your experience in 2018 just kind of what was that like for you experiencing that for the first time
1: um for me it's like obviously again i you know me and you've you know we've known each other for a little while now and I, i keep up with you on social media and for me i know i obviously know how important this is for you um so for me going into the thing, you know, it was obviously let's let's make the most of this and let's make it a fun a fun experience. Um but I again the, the the thing that I think back on the most is man, you just you did such a good job at, at at intertwining everything and getting everyone involved and and making the event um, you know, it wasn't one of the events that you go to where you kind of, you know, you're kind of sitting around for a good portion of the time. Um but like you said with the question and answers um, all that stuff you know it's getting it's getting people involved and it's it's making people ask questions and and I think that's the most important part again about growth is you know staying consistent and, and like you're doing and and continue to to push it and trying to get more people involved
0: and you know who knows maybe we'll maybe we'll step foot in
1: at a founder's part not right, founders, it's like them. um
0: I'm not it's teasing. Like any
1: that, other yeah. thing. It's like any other thing. If you if you keep working at it, um, and you stay consistent, yeah, you know, as as we talk about this with the everyday life, um, if you stay consistent, and you and you work hard enough, and you continue to put the you know, uh, you know, one foot forward, things are going to continue to to get better and to grow, and you you see that obviously with this foundation and um, with what you're doing.
0: You know, and it's and it's the cliche saying from a uh, film of dreams: if you if you build it, they'll come. And that's right. And you know, from my my side of perspective of things, it's it's definitely grown, and it's it's definitely hitting a huge stride now. And and I'm, and I'm looking forward to the 2022 event. Hopefully, we can swing it back to the event, Cody. And one of the other things I kind of just want to – i forgot to ask this earlier—talk about getting time with the marlins organization how did that come around
1: oh man that's um that's that's worth you know a million words um but you know um obviously after south carolina i went undrafted um i planned on going to play that next year or you know that that same year but i was involved in a you know a little uh, incident with a fire and i having to get skin grafts on both my arms. So I took a year off, you know, during that time, obviously I saw a bunch of guys that I played with and played against that were, you know, getting promoted and high double A, triple A, you know, guys that I felt like I was just as good at or that I could compete with or that I was on the same realm as, as, as far as an, a pitcher or athlete goes. Um, so I kind of started out on a little journey to try to, you know, make the most of, my career is basically the way I looked at it and try to go out on a good note. Cause I felt like my senior year, didn't really, um, I didn't do well. Um, it didn't end how I wanted to. Um, so obviously I started out with indie ball and did all that. Obviously this is a long story to cut it short, but played, the, played the indie ball and, um, tried to kind of reinvent myself over in Latin America and obviously tone in on, on what I thought I needed to do to be better. And, You know, I kind of forgot about affiliated baseball. The the plan wasn't to play affiliated baseball anymore. Um, I was an athletic director um, at the time. I was running a business, um, a training facility. And, you know, life was good. I was getting to play, you know, baseball on the side. So it was good. Um, Ended up signing to go to Mexico. And, again, you know, affiliated wasn't in the picture anymore. It was more or less like, you know, let's go play in Mexico and then play winter ball if you want to get away from, you know, being an athletic director. Well, then I come back to the States and I'm doing pretty well. And, um, my manager at the time for the Kansas City Monarchs comes up to me and he said, you have some teams that are interested in you. Um, you know, I'll let you know what they, they think. Well, and again, I'm not, it's not me tooting my own horn, but whenever I was in college and like, you know, throughout the indie ball chase, you know, I spoke with just about every organization there is. And I've got, you know, it's, it's led down the same road. But then he gave me a call at about 930 one morning. Um, this is after about a month and a half playing for this guy. And he's like, hey, come outside. Um, Know, obviously, sitting there, I'm going through my morning routine. I walk outside, and I get out there, and he's got his hands in the air, and he's got you know he's got a contract there, and that's when he told me, obviously, that I signed with Miami. But you know, it was the reason why I give you the the background of it is because it's like we talked about earlier. It's kind of like you know if you work at something long enough, and you actually you know put your your best foot forward, and you give it you know everything you got, you're gonna you know most of the time you're going to see some results. Um, but for me, it was, it was, it was, it was a good experience. Um, it's about the only way I can put it, um, to see all that hard work and sacrifices, uh, kind of, I wouldn't say, you know, obviously it's a step forward. Um, it's, it's not, it's not big leagues by any means. Um, but I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, and I'm grateful to be able to, you know, put on a, a Miami Marlins uniform or the organization's, you know, colors. Um, but I'm just enjoying it right now, man. I'm trying to take it one day at a time and 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 enjoy the little things that we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, and it
0: definitely. I guess we, me and you both, can agree to this comment right here.
1: Appreciating the little things can go a long way. It most definitely can. And you um getting older you get the more you understand that. And so Cody, just
0: kind of one of the last things we're as we're coming around third, heading home. I usually just say you've probably heard me say it, you know, the being a part of the softball event, it's a it's a family type of thing, you know. As far as the players go, I usually try to keep in touch with everybody, you know, just try to build build that family atmosphere and just to pick your brain, what's it like just being a part of that as just as, as we're all still trying to raise the money for those kids with type one. Um
1: I think mean, getting getting a you know getting people to come together for a for a cause like that, you know. Is it shows what type of person you are, um, and you know, like you said, it's it's a family. So when you do show up to these events, you know whether you've played um, at the in the event at the same time or not. Um, you do, like I said before, you do a good job at, you know, at staying consistent, connecting, and 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 staying involved. And um, I feel like I know um, a good po- a good portion of the people that have played an event. So it's like you said, it is, you know, we may not be in touch every day, but what um, you what's your, you're your building is a family and it's a, it's obviously a family that's, that's out to do a lot better and to, to help, um, help these kids and, and the rest of the people that, that need some help right now.
0: You know, it's, it's definitely, something where looking back when I was a kid in high school, I never would have thought having my own event would get this far, you know, sure. We, you know, I have one door closed, but another door open as far as me and the world of sports goes, you know, and look at it now, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing.
1: And lastly, well, Oh, go ahead. Well, I think, um, I think personally, you know, you know, times change, we change. Obviously, you know, passions shift, and you know, God moves us in a different direction. Right. But it's kind of like you said, embracing embracing those moments and kind of um, making the most of it. Um, and I think, at the end of the day, you know, what you, you're looking out if if you're If you're making sure the, you know, the person next to you is okay, God's going to make sure you're okay. Um, And I had a fellow tell me that, and that's one thing that's kind of stuck by me for a while now. Um, But, yeah, and you've obviously, you know, you've solidified the fact that you, you know, that's what you're here to do. Um, And, it's uh, again, it's a great thing to be a part of.
0: And just kind of add one other thing. A person told me once you might remember the name, uh, Reggie Sanders. Mm-hmm. He, well, I'm pretty, I know the podcast listeners have heard me say it, but, uh, he, while he was working on his foundation for kids with autism, I remember he I heard him say this saying, and, and it stuck out with me just kind of like talk about it it's, that stuck out with you, you know, Use your passion and your purpose to inspire others to use theirs. That's something that stuck out with me very well. I felt like
1: you know, yeah, I think that's, that's uh, I think that's very true. Um, and again, I think if you if you kind of buy into to, to the direction that God's shifting you in, um, you know, there's a reason for it, um, and you're gonna come out. You're gonna come out a better person. Um, Whatever that may be, that you're, you're, you know, the direction you're going at the time.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And so, Cody, we're just gonna we're gonna wrap this up here. Where can we're gonna let you take the floor here? Plug anything away that you feel like plugging away. And once again, we appreciate you coming on. And could, we hope the best of luck for you as this minor league season is approaching with the Marlins organization. So, Cody plug away
1: any social medias, whatever you feel
0: like plugging away.
1: Uh, for the most part, I just want to say, you know, to, for, for all the people that's listening, you know, if you can, if you can help in any way, shape or form to help build, to build this, you know, then, you know, reach out, DM one of us. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's like we talked about, it's about, you know, the next person and, and kind of helping these kids and, you know, if we can do that at the end of the day, um, you know, life's good. And, and maybe, maybe you'll sleep a little bit better at night, <laughs> but other than that, no, you know, follow you on social media, follow, follow all the stuff that's going on, try to get involved. Um, you know, reach out to some friends, bring them with you. Um, hope to see y'all. Hope to see y'all soon.
0: I'm Cody plugging that away there. Make sure you follow the Sky to Softball game at Sky to Softball G. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Sky to Softball game on Facebook and Sky to Softball podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave a like, subscribe, whatever you feel like leaving for the podcast. We appreciate you listening. Thank you all once again for tuning in to the Sky to Softball podcast.